0: God, I thank you so much for this day, Lord. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together, Lord, and give you praise, give you worship, Lord. And uh, I pray that you would have your way in this place this morning. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Lord, we thank you. God, I pray that that would be our song every day, Lord, that everything we do would bring honor to you, Lord, and glory to you. I thank you so much for your power in our lives. I thank you so much for, for going before us in every situation. Give you honor and glory today.
1: There's a name that levels mountains, calls out highways through the sea. I've seen his power unravel. A faith that stands to fight. He sends the lion to his knee I've seen praise unravel jackals right off my feet.
2: this morning, let's think about the words of that song. It's a moment for us to give God glory, to give God thanks. It's a moment for us to reflect in his goodness in our lives. Sometimes we have to speak to ourselves and speak the truth and remember, you're a good God, you're a powerful God, and you can do anything. We've got to think about the stories that we've heard from our friends and the stories that we've read in the Bible. Like, God is able. He is capable. He is amazing. He is great. And so we make Him big in our lives in this moment of worship. Not only with our finances and our giving, but with our words and with our thoughts and with our prayers this morning. And so as we go back into that bridge, think about those words as we worship God with our tithes and our offerings and as we worship God with music and with song. Encourage yourself. Encourage your faith. Let it well up within you. Excite yourself over the potential of God in your life. Of what God can do, of what he can change, of what he can restore, of what he can heal, of what he can bring miracles to in your situation. Amen. Anybody believe we serve a great God this morning? Amen. Come on, let's let's get our faith riled up this morning as we continue to worship. He does miracles. He does miracles, the same God, the same God from Elijah's time and from Moses' time and from Jesus' time. Jesus is alive and he's well and he's moving in our midst through his Holy Spirit. Let's rise up within us our faith. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We make you big in this moment this morning as a a body along with a lot of other believers across the globe this morning. We get to experience your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your kindness. We love you, God, this morning. We want to remember how great and how good you are. How great and how good you are. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. We continue to worship you this morning. Amen. Amen. I
1: see you taking up. I see you press ahead.
0: Is you alone or worthy? I'm overcome by your goodness.
3: Consider all the worlds I have made, and I see. 四方
4: Almighty God, one of the first prayers that many of us learn as small children and teach it to our kids starts with the words, God is great. And Father, sometimes as we grow older, we learn more words. New ways to pray. We have lots of things to say. But that's such an important prayer for us. Such an important thing for us to remember, God, that you are great. You are great above all things. Lord, when the times and the seasons of our life are the hardest they could be in this world, you are still. God, when the moments of our life seem like they are the best they could possibly be, you are still greater, God. You are greater than anything in this world, Lord. And when our souls remember that and focus on that and believe that and live like it is true, then we are living in your kingdom as it is here. Lord, we praise you for your greatness. We praise you for revealing it to us most clearly in your son. And we praise you that that greatness lives in each of us through your spirit, Lord. We praise you together and lift up your great name today as your people. Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, good morning again. It is good to see all of you. Welcome here to CF Paris. We're thankful to have you here to worship with us today. If you are a guest, as always, we certainly want to welcome you. We're especially glad to have you here with us today. We would love to be able to connect with you. Uh, We have several ways to do that. If you're online, uh, visiting with us online, you can connect with a new here form and fill out there. Uh, We have some on the back of the chairs that you can fill out and drop in the box on the way out. Our favorite way is for you to stop in the lobby at our new here table and where you will have wonderfully personable people greet you and uh, give you a gift for being here. Just to say thank you for choosing to be with us this morning. We are very thankful that you are here. So, how many of you guys are all pumped up about Lent? (laughs) 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 All right, not the stuff that comes out of your dryer. So, (laughs) um, L L L E N T. so. um, The season of Lent began last week with Ash Wednesday. And you know, um, that's one of those things, uh, it's interesting, and there'll be a point to this eventually, but, Last week, you know, I, I spent some time. I went to an Ash Wednesday service, and then Friday night I went to the Stations of the Cross uh, with my friend Father Gavin over at Our Lady of Victory Church, um, because the Catholics feed me well, and because they are they're they're I mean they're fantastic. They're fantastic people. I love the services, but I have to confess. So I went to the Stations of the Cross, and if you've never done that before, um, there's a it's a service they do, and they have art. They have these pieces all around the sanctuary that represent 14 different stations of the cross, and it tells the story uh, of the arrest and the trial and the crucifixion of Jesus all the way through and then the resurrection at the end, and it's a great time to slow down. Lent, uh, L-E-N-T, the season, for those who may not know, it's a 40-day season uh, leading up to Easter where a lot of churches just celebrate and, and recognize this period of fasting and slowing down and focusing on Christ it's not a commandment. It's not something that the Bible says thou shalt have lent. And, and some churches um, make a bigger deal out of it than other churches. And that's okay. That's okay. Um, but I was there and we were going through the Stations of the Cross. And it's a beautiful service. But i got to be honest. I mean, I got through about seven stations. And, and there was a part of me that was thinking, seven stations would have been enough. God, 14. 14 seems... 14 seems excessive because, I mean, because it's but because it's hard to slow down. And honestly, I was praying and I was thinking, and God was like, I understand, my son. What have you been talking about in your church on Sunday? Maybe that you should determine to practice slowing down a little more and, and thinking about me and whatnot. And I was like, a good point. Um, and it was... But it was just that just to say that even even in a place where I chose to go and be in a place that makes space to slow down, to focus deeply on Christ, it was hard for me to get my soul to do that. And that's kind of the things that we've been talking about. It's like that doesn't, it doesn't happen by accident. And, and sometimes I feel like the world is wired against us by the enemy to try to keep us sped up all the time. And that's why the things that we're talking about in this series – are so important for impatient, hurried people like me and you, okay? So that being said, uh, we have an announcement video that has some things that you'll need to hear this morning and then looking
5: forward to spending time in the Word together. God bless you guys. What's up CF Paris, welcome to church. I've got three announcements for you today. First up, coming up on March 9th, we are gonna be having a church-wide garage sale. It's gonna be a fundraiser for CF students going to camp. So if you wanna donate items for them to sell, then any money raised goes towards their camp costs. Or if you wanna come and set up a booth yourself, you can make some extra cash. So get to spring cleaning and donate stuff. It's gonna be awesome. date is March 9th. Second announcement, CF Women. The spring conference is this Friday and Saturday. If you have not signed up, go do that right now. You can sign up on the app. You can sign up on our website. Um, You won't want to miss it. So get signed up today. Again, that's this Friday and Saturday. And then my third announcement, guys, is next Sunday after church, we are having a VBX decorating meeting. So if you are at all interested in helping transform this building into an amazing, amazing place for all of these kids to come and learn about Jesus this summer. Come to that meeting next Sunday after church in the reception. It's going to be awesome. Casey has amazing plans in store. So come that's next Sunday after church. Also, VBX volunteers, if you haven't registered, do so. It's in the app. Anything you need is in the app. So go get registered for all the things. I think that's all my announcements. Pastor Corey's coming up. Bye guys.
6: good to see you guys. Thank you. Hey, that's awesome. I appreciate it very much. Y'all are with me this morning. I can tell. We're clicking. I can. This is good. This is real good. Uh, come on. Let's, uh, let's stand for the reading of the Word of God this morning. Y'all stand with me as we read out of John chapter 15. Beginning in verse 1, Jesus speaking says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. If you'll bow your heads with me. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that the truth of your word would stir in us a desire, a desire to know you intimately and to serve you faithfully in all that we do. Father, I pray that we would be made complete through your joy today. I pray all this, Lord God, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen 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 as you're taking your seats turn to your neighbor and say nothing just stare at him <laughs> oh good <laughs> i uh, i I have I have quite honestly scared my my uh, helpers my the people that help with the slide presentations up here on the back i I have a lot of scriptures this morning like there's a lot and and I don't I don't, take <laughs> I, I don't take fault in, in this particular dilemma because at one point in time, I used to have like a little control up here, and I would control my own slides, and then because they're such great servants, they came to me and they said, hey, Corey, why don't we just help you out with that? We'll do that for you. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so here you go. Um. So that your joy may be complete. Who's ever, who's ever felt disappointed about where they are in life? Like, like your joy is far from complete. <laughs> I think a lot of us have felt. At some point in time in our life, maybe a thought along the lines of, by this age, I, I was certain I'd be at least doing this. I thought I'd at least make this difference. I thought this would be better. I thought this would be this certain way. Each and every one of us have goals that we would like to accomplish in life. I'd like to accomplish this. I'd like to get that. I'd like to have this type of relationship in my life. If you think about it, I don't know anybody who's ever had a life goal to be bankrupt. nobody I know has plans <laughs> to do something so dumb that they know they'd have to hide it lie about it and eventually lose the trust of the ones they love over it i don't I don't know anybody who's Who's consciously thought, I plan to wreck my marriage. I plan to ruin the trust of my kids for a one-night stand. Nobody plans to ruin their life. I, I mean... Nobody in this room, I'd be willing to bet, nobody in this room is, is planning on making stupid decisions. The problem, the, most, the, pro, the, the problem is that most of us don't plan not to do stupid things. We don't plan to do stupid things, but at the same time, we don't plan not to do stupid things. If if you and I are followers of Christ, then we're going to have to determine that our decisions cannot be based on what feels good in the moment. Our decisions cannot be based on emotions that are fleeting, that change. We're going to have to determine who it is that we want to be. We've, uh, we've been in a series since the start of the year called Determine. And in the first few weeks, we looked very specifically at who we as CF Paris are. We talked about our values belong, believe, become, as, as these are intrinsic to our mission to inspire people to live and believe like the gospel changes everything. Since then, We've continued looking more specifically at who we all, as the body of Christ, as a whole, the globe over, the world over, who we are as Christ's body. Or better yet, who we should be becoming. It's a process. And that process involves intentionality and practices that all believers should be developing. All believers should be developing certain intentionality and practices to their everyday if they are becoming like Christ. Two values that are critical to this, two words that you've heard repeated already. Last week, last week I I said that we should choose devotion over desire. Who Devotion over desire, because desire is that emotion that is fleeting, and yet so often that's what we cling to. Yes. Devotion over desire. And then I also said last week that Scripture is very clear. You and I need to be prepared. Devoted and prepared. These two, they, they run hand in hand. Two key values to becoming like Christ. Let's let's dive in. What does it mean first to be devoted to Christ? I, I think first we need to recognize again every single one of us in here. We all want good relationships. We all want success. There's nothing wrong with with the desire that's within you to want a good relationship, to want success. We all want to make a difference. You see the problem? The problem arises when we want good relationships and so we pursue relationships. We want success and so we pursue success. We want to make a difference. And in our haste, in our, in our excitement, we pursue making a difference. And then, along the way, it doesn't happen how we think it should or, or how, how quickly we thought it should, and, and we're left disappointed. It's the very reason why we, we can be disappointed about where we are in life. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek God first. Seek God first and then all these other things will be given to you as well. When you and I are devoted to God, devoted to his kingdom, devoted to his righteousness, it's it's then that all the things that you're searching for in life, everything that matters the things that bring fulfillment, the things that make a difference. When you seek God first, then God makes your joy complete. In the uh, the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we're, we're reading and, and we see Jesus has just given his life on the cross. He's, he's, he's been resurrected. He's ascended up to the Father. And, and in leaving, he tells his disciples, I leave so that one even greater can come and guide you, the Holy Spirit. It's in this moment that God, uh, the, the disciples gather together in the upper room. We know God sends this mighty wind and, and all of the, the disciples are filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the presence of God in their lives. And all of a sudden, filled with the power, with the presence of God in their lives, what did they do? They pursued success. Right? Because I want to pick up in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, because it tells us exactly what they did. Acts 2, 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Filled with the power of the Spirit, all of a sudden performing miracles and signs and wonders, all these things that, that were so amazing, lives being transformed, so many people coming to Christ on that day, coming to the resurrection, salvation knowledge of who God was, and all of this excitement, all of this, this being filled with the presence of God, the Spirit of God in their lives, and what happens? It ignited in them a desire to devote themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So what they did is they studied teaching about the word of God. Didn't just, ooh, didn't just listen to it on a Sunday morning took that message and maybe took one of the scriptures and, and then went home and looked at that scripture a little deeper, looked at what was before, what was after, what was Jesus saying on the whole, and all of a sudden, what is Jesus saying in the now? They studied teaching about the word of God. They fellowshiped with each other. Relationships. What? Like somebody should teach about relationships. That would be brilliant. Relationships. They... Fellowshiped with each other. They had a meal over what they had been taught in the word of God. Again, building relationships. Small groups. What? Community groups. What? Oh, my goodness. Like, it's available. And were completely devoted to prayer. Completely devoted to prayer. What was the result? The very next verse tells us, everyone around them was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You want to see a difference in your life this year? Make all all the resolutions you want to. We talked about this. Resolutions are what? They're a noun. They're a statement. I'm going to do this. All right. But devotion, devotion is something different. You and I are going to have to determine, right? Because determine is, is it's, it's an action. It's a verb. They were devoted to the things that drew them close to God. They were, they were seeking Jesus, his kingdom, his righteousness first. And God added everything else. So much so that even non-believers looked on and said, wow, they are full of love. They are doing many miracles. And it's not for their own profit, but, but for relationships. They were devoted to the Word of God, devoted to relationships, and devoted to prayer. Here's what's really cool. That, that word devoted that we read there in Scripture, we translate it as just that, devoted. But in the Greek... It's this this word that that means a continual repetition of the same. It's an ongoing effect. It's not just a a, a singular event or a one-time devotion. It, It could be better translated that they were continually devoting themselves to the word of God. Daily devoted to relationships and daily devoted to prayer. In other words, the disciples had daily intentionality, daily practices, and ongoing pursuit of Jesus. We seek first his righteousness. We seek first his kingdom. And then what do we do? We continue to seek first his kingdom, seek first his righteousness. Not just a one time event, not a, not a come to Jesus and, and amen, it's all better, I've given my life to God and now I can just forget it all. If your life has changed, then, then you're excited about a life change. It's devotion, there's a difference. It's not even just a singular weekly event. Society's fast paced. Look, uh, we know that. We know society can, can just be crazy fast. You add kids into the mix and you're getting old and things are just getting faster. It's like all of a sudden you look around and kids are in five different directions and you don't even have five kids. But you, like they're, you don't know. The typical mindset prioritizes many, many, many other things over seeking God first. A lot of people, a lot of people find it hard to even give God one hour on a Sunday. I mean, not you guys. You guys are obviously holier than all those others. But others, some people, some people struggle with that. And yet we still call ourselves followers of Christ. Look, you know I love you. Or at least I'm just going to tell you I love you. I do. I do. I love you. But I'm going to state the obvious. If, If you only spend one hour a week at anything, I can almost guarantee that you're probably not going to perfect that thing. You're not going to grow. You're not going to improve in whatever that is if you spend no more than one hour in it. If you're married, you spend one hour a week with your wife with your spouse, husband. Look, if you spend one hour a week with them, let me guarantee what you don't have. That's a good relationship. <laughs> it's not a good marriage. If you're in school and you spend only one hour a week giving any thought to school, if, if you're an adult and, and you give one hour a week of care to your job, to your family, to whatever, guess what's not gonna be working out so well? So, if we're only partially devoted to God, if we only spend a a, a little bit of time with him, you know, when, when when it's convenient, when it's easy, when we don't have something else going on, then it's no wonder that you and I fall back into the same old sin, the same old mistakes, same old questions it's no wonder we rarely share our faith if all we spend is no more than one hour it's no wonder we're more concerned with what people think about us than what God thinks about us it's no wonder we find ourselves lukewarm wondering is there more to life if we only give God what's left over, you and I have to ask ourselves, are we really devoted to him? If you want to live a life fully devoted to the things of Jesus, I can promise you it's, it's not going to happen by accident. Nobody's ever, ever just walked into church on a Sunday morning for the first time in their life and said, oh my gosh, I'm holy. <laughs> I know the word of God. It doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. No, nobody's, nobody's ever walked into a situation and then just all of a sudden known. Nobody's ever walked into church and says, oh my gosh, like I'm the greatest server they have here. <laughs> just happened. Don't know how, but it's what I do. If we only give God what's left over, we have to ask ourselves, are we really devoted to Him? Because if you want to be fully devoted to Christ, it's never going to be accidental. You have to determine, I want to continually seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. So, so how? How, how do we do that? What does it mean then to determine to be devoted to Christ? In our, in our passage earlier, Jesus was telling a parable and he said this, I am the vine and you are the branches. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit apart from me. So without me, you can do nothing. All right, so real quickly again, Jesus is the vine. You and I are the branches. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to get this. I want to see you got it. Jesus is. All right, all right, and we are. And if we're not, as the branch connected to the vine. All right, okay, we we're clicking, right? So so when you are the branch. When you are connected to Jesus, the vine, Scripture then tells us you will bear spiritual fruit. What is, what is spiritual fruit? According to Galatians 5, spiritual fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I think that's all The fruits of the Spirit. If you are displaying consistent love and joy in your life, if if you are consistently displaying gentleness and faithfulness, then do you think your life is empty? If, If that's your life, are you ever wondering, is there more to life? No. When you're the branch connected to the vine, your life starts to be full of what matters, full of what lasts. Uh, we, we started this series, and, and I, I gave a, a definition of determine. Determine being a verb, it's an action, but defined as this. Determine means to cause something to occur in a particular way to ascertain or establish exactly how something will occur, typically as a result of research or calculation. Look, we, we sing these songs. We sang one this morning. We know that God can do things. We, we know that God can move in our lives. We've seen him move before. Who's, uh, who's ever given into a temptation and then regretted it? Look, if you don't raise your hand, I'm going to call you out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we all have. The, the, the truth is, there's nobody in here who hasn't given into a temptation and regretted it. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Chances are good in in most cases. You gave in to that temptation because you weren't ready. You desired to do right, but you weren't devoted to what's right. You weren't prepared. Scripture tells us over and over and over and over again that you and I have to be prepared. And the reason very simply is because your enemy is attacking. It seems so foreign to us like we, we don't we don't like the enemy. We don't like talking about the enemy because that disca- it it connotes opposition and nobody likes opposition. Opposition's ooh, bad. So we don't like talking about the enemy and what we'd rather do is just rather pursue our success, pursue our relationships pursue all these things, these desires. With no devotion to the truth, the word of God. And the word of God tells me that you have a very active enemy. Now we must be prepared. 1 Corinthians sixteen thirteen, Paul says this, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. He's telling you, be prepared. Your enemy is attacking. You can't let your guard down. Ever. Jesus said this in Matthew 26. He says, watch and pray. Be alert, watch and pray. Why? So you don't fall into temptation. So that you are prepared. Because your spirit is willing, you want to do the right thing, but your flesh is so often weak. So why? Why why are we watching? Why are we praying? Why is our guard up? Very easily we have an enemy whose mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. Two reasons why you need to be prepared. I just gave you number one. Look, I, I, I uh, <laughs> this is hard for us. We, we don't like to think about this. But very, very clearly, John ten ten, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. His mission, his sole purpose is to take you out of the relationship that God wants to have with you. It's the very reason why every single one of us fall away. The thief who comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. The Apostle Paul said this in Second Corinthians 2 verse 11. It says, I wrote to you so that Satan, the father of lies, will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. Our enemy's studying us. He, He knows where you're weak. He knows where you're vulnerable. He knows how to attack, how to take you out of God's will, how to hurt you, and along with that, how to hurt the people around you. So, what do we do? We got to be ready because we know the enemy's after us. And then the second thing, and this is just as important, is recognizing the enemy is after you, <laughs> is understanding that, that you're not as strong as you think. You and I tend to think that we can handle more than we actually can. You don't know how many Chuck Norris movies I've seen. Like I grew up on Walker, Texas Ranger. Like roundhouse kick right now, let's go. Uh -uh, uh -uh. Uh, We tend to think that we can handle more than we actually can. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, uh, it gives us a warning. Those of you who would say I'm not worried about it or, or I've got this, Scripture says this, you who think you're standing firm, be careful. Be careful because when you're overly confident, those, those are the people that tend to fall. If you think you're standing firm, be careful so that you don't fall. That's how we end up in a place that we don't want to be. That's where we make decisions that no longer honor God studies show that you and I vastly, vastly overestimate our ability to resist temptation. The the technical term for it is restraint bias. We think we're stronger than we really are. You think you can fight off more than, than you really can. Okay, look, we know this is true because... It's the start of the new year. Some of you made some really good health choices. And then some idiot at work brought in like a big old sheet cake. <laughs> and you were good. You walked right by it, didn't even look at it until the second time you walked by it. Then you glanced at it. And then there was the third time you walked by it because it was you'd like you wanted to smell it. I mean, you might as well smell it. And then the fourth time you walked by, well, your face was in it. We resist temptation and, and then put ourselves right back in the same position to resist temptation, not recognizing that we can no longer resist temptation. We tend to overestimate our ability to fight off the wrong things. In part because we really, we really don't understand how much energy it takes, how much physical, mental energy it takes it requires to resist temptation. This almost sounds foreign. Fighting off temptation drains us. Spiritually and mentally, you and I become fatigued. The part of our brain that controls willpower, it wears out. That's the very reason why like, you can go to work and, and you can deal with that person. You know crazy person that just irritates the ever-loving mess out of you and you can hold on to your restraint you can keep it all together you can keep your cool and they and then and you can manage it you can do well and then what happens you get home and and you blow up on a spouse or you blow up on kids why because the mental ability was wore out. The more we use it, the less we have. Our, our self control, your willpower, is a limited resource. So things need to become second nature, things need to become rote, habit. We need to understand that the enemy is coming for us and you're not as strong as you think. All right, Corey, so life is busy. Nothing I can do about it. I only have limited willpower to deal with all of this crazy. What then must I do? It's continually preparing and strengthening our daily devotion. What's that look like? I, I want y'all to pick up on something because y'all are, y'all are a pretty smart crowd. Back to our scripture reading, there's a word that's repeated 11 times. Just possibly. The word's repeated 11 times. Maybe, just maybe that word might be Importante. Starting in verse 4. Jesus, Jesus says this: remain in me as I also remain in you. You may not have it yet. You may not have it yet. Hold on, we're gonna no branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. What's the word? You guys are good. Obviously, it's, it's remain. The Greek word that uh, we translate as remain, it, it comes from a word that, that means to abide in, to dwell in. It means to live in. It's every day. It's not just a one-hour weekly duty to God. It's not an understanding or a thought pattern that says, I have to do my my Bible time. I I have to go to church. No, 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 no. This this is daily living in devotion. It's daily being prepared. We're not going to give God what's left over, but we're going to seek him first. Throughout every day, we're we're talking to God, we're listening to God, and we're aligning our hearts with His Word. We have a posture, a mindset, a, a mood of seeking Him first in everything. When you do, when you do, guys, let me let me tell you what happens. These all it, it, weird, weird, crazy things happen. Weird spiritual things happen. He starts to convict you of wrong things in your life. He makes you nice. He makes you loving. He makes you generous. He makes you generous. You start to live with joy. Like, who wants that? Huh. See, it's in this that, that God doesn't get what's, what's left over in your life. God isn't just a part of your life. Now God becomes your life. Not just a compartment. Not, 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 even, not even just a singular moment. But rather, God is your everything. It's full devotion to the one who matters most. It's every day, all throughout the day, I'm I'm seeking first the one who matters the most. Talking to him, listening to him, recognizing the areas where he starts to impact your life. Starts to give you wisdom, starts to correct you, guide you, and, and lead your steps. See, it's then that you're becoming a fully devoted follower of Christ, aligning your heart with his word. It's not just a moment in time. It's prepared devotion. The branch needs the vine. You and I, we need the vine. And if we don't stay connected, you're a dead limb. (laughs) Your life will feel it. You lose a life source. If you're not connected to the vine, you, you don't get spiritual nutrients. You, you, you don't bear fruit. That's why we determine. We're not going to let life just happen to us. Our assignment is to continually remain in him. Continually remain in him. Every day. Devoting ourselves... To the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. If y'all stand with me, I'm gonna back at the very beginning, I'm gonna read John 15. I'm gonna read this passage again, and then I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Will close this out in prayer. John fifteen, Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Pastor Will, would you pray for us, sir?
0: God, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you are never changing the all the promises that you've ever given us, Lord, are still true. I thank you, God, that you are not far away and detached, Lord, that we just revere you from a distance, Lord, but that you desire a relationship with us, Lord. You desire a closeness that None could match. I pray, Lord, that when we leave here today, Lord, that not a single one of us would be the same person that we were when we came in, Lord, that you would change our lives forever, Lord, that we would determine that in all things, in every instance, in every circumstance, That you will be first. That your will for our lives comes before all else, Lord. You know the plans that you have for us. I pray, Lord, that we would seek after you, Lord, that we would chase you like never before. that your word and your presence would be more critical than air than water, than food in our lives I thank you Lord that you desire that relationship with us and that you're just waiting for us to determine that it's our desire to I pray that you would be with us, Lord, as we leave. And I thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing in this place, in this body of believers. It's in your name I pray. Amen. 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 You're dismissed.